0: Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners, the leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry.
1: Welcome to GeorgiaCary.org. This beautiful Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta. It's still beautiful right now, but come Monday or so, it's not going to be quite so pretty, we don't think, unless you like rain and high winds. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to send our condolences to the people in Houston, Galveston, uh, all of the south uh, southeastern parts of Texas, Louisiana, after the uh, Hurricane Harvey came through and, and uh, laid its dev- devastating touch to that area and now before that one's even even forgotten or even thought about uh, here comes Hurricane Irma and that's devastated much of the Caribbean already Uh, Puerto Rico Cuba etc and it's headed right straight for South Florida right for Miami according to today's uh, tracking of what they think is going to happen and it's going to come up uh, up through all the way through Florida and into Atlanta, of course, by that time it'll be a tropical storm because it will lose an awful lot of its force when it gets uh, over land instead so of water. But we're still going to be up for, uh, if it stays on that track, we're still going to be up for quite a bit of rain, quite a bit of wind, and uh, you need to kind of be prepared because people are already hitting the stores buying up all the bread and milk, and uh, and I understand that we may have some gasoline shortages here shortly because of all the people coming up from Florida if you live down south of Atlanta right now, you've probably already seen the caravan that comes up, and it's going to only get worse. So, uh, take a few steps to protect yourself before uh, the weekend gets started. Good. Uh, today, I have a, a guest that um, I just met uh, named Don Nicholson. Nicholson, he's a host of a weekly business talk show here on uh, uh, News Talk eleven sixty, and called Make It Go Zoom. Uh, He's on a radio station here interviewing top leading executives and business leaders as they share their experiences, insights, and successes. He spends much of his time consulting with companies on growth strategies and training individuals and teams in the concepts of leadership and business development. By using education, motivation, communication, and celebration of his pillars of leadership, he can energize your business and your employees to grow in rapid fashion with significant improvement in their profits which profits is something we always need, no matter what. So, without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, my guest, Don Nicholson.
2: How you doing, Jerry? Doing fine. Yourself? I'm doing fine today. Thank you for having me on your show.
1: No problem. Glad to do it. Uh, w- Want to tell people a little bit about your your background, what you. Anything you got you want to put out on sure. the table? Let us know. We'll be sure. more than happy my- to it, and I'll question you about it. <laughs> okay, it's my favorite subject talking about myself. <laughs> <I> understand.
2: <laughs> um, a- anyways, uh, I spent uh, roughly twenty uh, some years, to getting up close to thirty years in corporate America, uh, in different positions, working for different companies. Where in my last role, I was CEO and president of a testing, inspection, and certification company here in North America called Decra. But, in the last year i 've actually started my own business um, and doing some of the things that you just mentioned. We do consulting, uh, we do sales and leadership training, and we also do recruiting so uh, we 're going to celebrate our one year anniversary in October of two thousand and seventeen that's a milestone if anybody knows anything oh, about small business yeah, I do right I know all about them <laughs> yeah yeah, and then uh, you know after that we'll be uh, searching for our three year, which I think is the next milestone mm-hmm. that people kind of. You know, decide whether businesses are going to make it or not. Right, right. Yeah.
1: Well, I have a little bit different business, but I uh, celebrated my thirty fourth year uh, this past uh, March. So congratulations! But it's uh, it li- it's one man job. It's a it's a ho- uh, farrier. It's horseshoeing. It's a a business that that's basically me. Wow. But I'm still in business, and people haven't run me off. It's it's we always call that a self adjusting right profession because you're as good as the last
2: horse job you did that's right you're as good as the last shoeing job you did right and
1: if you do a bad job people in the horse business talk and you'll be out of there you'll be yeah. looking somewhere else and i'm one of the few guys that i know uh, right now i just brag about myself a little bit that uh can still shoe within uh i just shoe within the counties around right where i live i don't mm-hmm. go more than about 35 miles mm-hmm. to do my work and most people have traveled an awful lot further than that because you start off young you wear out your welcome, and, right. and then somebody's got to bring you back before right. you're accepted again. But Are you making your
2: shoes too, or do you buy them? I buy them most of the time. I, yeah.
1: I can make them, but it takes too much time to right. do it. And it, it's like everything else; it's getting so expensive to do that. Right. The time that's involved, you can't. I can't make a living doing them right. if I'm not, you know, unless I just charge outrageous money. And and the people whose horses that I shoe, um, they really can't afford that kind of money. Right. I I started off as a looking for a niche. Mm-hmm. What I did when I uh, first started off back in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, most farriers would not come to shoe anybody's horses unless they had at least three horses, wasn't worth their time to make the drive. And so, what I started doing was, if you got one horse, you know, as long as it wasn't 40, 50 miles down the road, right. I would do it right. And so, I started doing uh, an awful lot of the horses that people wouldn't do because they didn't have enough, and a lot of those people turned into uh, people with one horse to uh, I have a, a one customer that uh, turned into about seventeen horses. Wow! Because okay, they yeah. moved out, bought some land, and started boarding. So um, I just kind of took over that niche, and and as a result, built it up uh, part time, and uh, that's all I've been doing lately. Besides, uh, well, in the last I guess uh, ten years, uh, other than uh, than with Georgia Carey, yeah. Uh, been shoeing horses i don't know that i've ever met a farrier before well, you right? have is now it? yeah i have now yeah <laughs> um
2: you know i'm not in the the horse uh business or uh, industry or anything like yeah. that but that's kind of interesting
1: well thank you uh, i think it is too but uh, now you we said uh you are not originally from around here
2: no new york <laughs> new york new york new york i've been down here about five years though and i love it in atlanta man uh, yeah? it's great yeah. it's
1: uh, well i'd like to say uh, if you weren't welcome to, like, say, welcome to the United States,
2: uh, <laughs> I know
1: uh, they. Uh, you said you lived in in the city,
2: in the city when I was younger, and then and as then I moved. grew up, uh, we moved upstate, uh, which we're, they call upstate. We're near, upstate near Syracuse. Near oh, okay. I know, exactly know two hundred two hundred plus inches of snow a year. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going back to that.
1: Well, I, I'll tell you how I. I remember I found out where Syracuse was back in about 1959. Uh, the University of Sy- Syracuse had a running back by the name of Ernie Davis. That's right, yeah. And they played uh, the University of Texas at a Cotton Bowl. I'm originally right. from Texas. Right. And uh, my dad got tickets for that game. We just moved to Dallas, and and uh, I was playing football in junior high, and he uh, came in and said, I got some tickets to Cotton Bowl if you want to go. And I said, sure. So I, I saw uh, I saw how good Ernie Davis really was. Yeah. And it's too bad his life was cut short, but... Yeah. Uh he was a heck of a player. So, I'm familiar with that area. I uh, I also used to sell telephone equipment up in uh, well, I sold telephone equip- equipment to uh, Connell Telephone. Oh, okay. And uh, I was pro- uh, the um, account manager for, for Connell Telephone. So, I went all over the the country basically right. calling on Connell properties.
2: When I first came out of college, I installed telephones, yeah, I business telephone system. So see how people's paths cross? Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I carried a, a, I've always said best days of my life. I carried a tool pouch around every oh, day yeah. and was out there working. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the reasons that I got into to horseshoeing as much as I did was it was um, in sales, you, it's hard to tell what you've done at the end of the day and in and the type sales I was doing. I was selling systems, and it had to be approved by AT&T or the mother companies, whoever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't approved, you weren't going to get many sales. You might mm-hmm. get a few here and there when somebody couldn't right. supply, but otherwise you weren't going to get any. So the whole goal was to get your project, your products approved by the company so they could buy them. Right. And uh, it's very difficult to tell how good a job you're doing on a daily or weekly basis under those environments Mm -hmm. and I could uh, I started uh, watching a guy shoe horses my wife had some horses and uh, so I said something to him or I said something to my wife I'd like to learn how to do that she mentioned to him and the next time I was up there he handed me his apron said go take these shoes off and I asked for a little bit more instruction (laughs) (laughs) which which I got and um, the thing of it was when I got through with that I could stand back and look and I could see what I've done right Uh the process the progress is right there and you feel good when you know you've done a good job when you're in a job that you can't tell what you've done it's really hard to assess your performance
2: on a daily so, basis, you're absolutely right. And when I was saying earlier, when I carried a tool pouch around, I really enjoyed that feeling of that sense of accomplishment right. you could get every day, every day, every day, several times yeah. a day, even not right. just every right.
1: day, but several times. Step every time back. you went in and yeah. installed a phone, you know, somebody's right. happy, and you made them happy, and you've done a good job.
2: Step back, take a look at what you just did, take pride in it, you know. And it's not a so uh, it's not a bad way to live. And I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah,
1: it it can be uh, it can be uh, trying sometimes, but it's it's fun. A um, couple of things that have happened here, we're going to talk about in the in the next uh, in the upcoming session. We've had a couple of uh, bills introduced. Well, they already they've been introduced. I want to talk about to try to get you to push them. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit further. That's HR twenty nine oh nine, which is the DC Personal Protection Reciprocity Act. Uh, that only applies to the uh, to the congressman. Uh, but there's also H.R. 38, which is the national reciprocity that uh, will reply to all of us. And those together will be companion bills. And if they're both passed, we'll be in good shape. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, U.S. Virginia Islands says they can seize your weapons uh, and a few other things. But uh, in the meantime, I want to remind you one more time let's go to org, our website. You can. Uh, you can contact me there. You can contact any of the people around. All our contact information is there. You can find everything that we've done uh, in the courts as well as uh, under the laws, changes that we've made. Uh, you can uh, follow us at Georgia Carey on Twitter, and I'm at Got Your Back 64 And you can, you can uh, join, you can renew, and we will be right back.
0: And now back to georgiacary.org radio with georgiacary.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to
1: georgiacary.org radio hour. I'm here with uh, my guest, Don Nicholson, who is originally from uh, New York City, moved up to New York, upper New York state, um, in his uh, later years and, uh, found out the same thing that i've known and and maybe a lot of you know those of you who don't know uh upstate new york and new york city are two different worlds they are totally different especially with their outlook on guns
2: absolutely how
1: did you get involved in guns
2: well i got uh, you know involved uh, early in life uh my grandfather uh had a cottage out in the the country and on a lake and, Mm -hmm. and you know so we did all those kind of fishing and I wasn't much of a hunter. We we weren't a hunting family, but um, we did have guns. And uh, I started with BB guns. I, right. I I I do have in my basement, still in my home in New York, uh, that I'm, I'm I'm selling actually this month. Thank God, I've been holding onto that thing too long. Um, but uh, I have an original Red Rider. yeah, a BB gun, and that's how I got started. And it was targets, you yeah. know, and um. Although you know being at a uh, a cottage uh, with your I was an only child being at a cottage with your parents uh, all weekend or all week whatever the case may be during the summers can kind of be fun right <laughs> after a while it gets a little bit boring so I spent a lot of time target practice uh, target practicing with BB guns right. and that's how I got started I'd, yep. I'd, I'd sit there for hours. And shoot at the targets. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. that's the way my grandson started. He we we were in Walmart one day. He was about six years old, and he saw a BB gun. And I said, "Well, we'll get you one." Yeah. So uh, he took his BB gun. I took my Red Ryder, and we went out and started shooting at cans. I I mm-hmm. live on forty-one acres, so we've got room to do that. Right. And uh, and he got into it doing the same thing, shooting at cans, plunking around. And uh, I guess that would be plinking more than plunking, but. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, the first, after about three days or three or four days, he wanted something bigger. Right. He wanted something made more noise. <laughs> and so that was, uh, so I think that was in July, July or August, and I told him when he, when he learned all of the safety rules, and I didn't have to stay on him about putting his safety on, not pointing the gun in the wrong direction, things right. of that nature, keep his finger off the trigger, that I'd get him something else. And he learned that pretty quick. And I got him a little 410 single shot shot, shot gun for Christmas. Mm. And I'll never forget the look on his eyes the first time he shot it. I was standing off to the side, kind of in front of him, not in front of the gun, but, you know, and I saw his eyes got as big around as, as saucers almost. It was, and he would wow, you know. So I understand the thrill that comes with shooting early.
2: You know, uh, I uh, went to the local police station, I think, um, when I was maybe 10 years old, 11, and took a shooting course there, uh, a safety course at the local police station. That was one of the requirements. I think uh, my mother, who was a part of the whole uh, decision on whether I'd be able to get BB guns and do all that kind of stuff, my grandfather was really kind of, you know, the guy who was behind it and so i went and i got a safety course you know i still remember this day mm-hmm. to this day sitting inside of the endicott new york police station taking this safety course and what this officer was teaching us all mm-hmm. There was maybe five of us right you know that were in there all young people and uh you know it. i think you know learn like you're saying learning uh how to use a gun properly and use it safely is very important. Oh
1: yeah, well, yeah. and I think the earlier the age, the better. Right. There's an awful lot of uh, what I call gun prohibitions that don't want their kid to ever see a gun. Well, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, there's too many places where there are where guns are there, and um, you're going to see them. You need to know what to do. You need to know how to feel about them, and, and realize that they're just they're like a telephone. They're not going to hurt you. Right. Unless somebody does something with it. Right. And then uh, it's the person and not the firearm. So uh, I, I agree with that. I think it's very important. Early mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. And you move down here and you found out that.
2: I like the Southern living. <laughs> 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 my voice, is, my accent is slowly turning into your accent. When uh, I first got down here, people would say. You know, and i talk to them and hi, how you doing, you know, whatever. And they'd be like, uh, you're from New York, right? Yeah. And then anyway, it came up. In it. But now all of a sudden I find, I just said y'all the other day, yeah. y'all. Uh, it came out of my mouth the other day without thinking about it, so I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 somewhat coming, you know, into things. Here. I
1: don't know if you'll ever get over it. I moved here uh, in '78 from Texas, right? And I have had in the past few years, I've had people look at me and say, "You're not from around here, are you?" <laughs> so, don't, I don't think you're going to get the Southern accent. I still got, I guess, a Texas drawl where people don't know what the heck's going on, but, right? <laughs> uh, but it was, I'm sure. I, I talked to a couple of other guys that have moved down here from. Uh, New York or New Jersey area where the the gun control was real strict, and they come down here and they just they can't hardly believe it. You know, it's like, that's that's whoa. the
2: feeling I had too. You know, I was like, oh, you know, this is good.
1: You mean I can put a gun on my hip and walk down the street, and right? Get thrown in jail or
2: right? I went right down and got my carry permit when mm-hmm. I first got down here, as soon as I had an address, and uh, you know, I've been carrying ever since. Yeah, so, what know, year th- was that? That was uh twelve, two thousand twelve. Okay. Yeah. Well by that
1: time we had made a couple of improvements to make it a little bit better. Right. But prior to that it really wasn't much of a really wasn't wasn't very good because there were so many places that were off limits. We were mm. we were worse than uh we were worse than California and, and a bunch of other states. I'd back. have never known that.
2: Yep. Holy cow, I would have uh, we were you're the. I think Georgia. We're the number one gun friendly. No, not number state. one. We're
1: about num- We're so, we're in the top five. I'm are not we? sure that we're number we're number one. I'm not oh. sure what what number we. You are. You would know. But we're pretty close. We're. I say we're probably around three somewhere. Mm-hmm. We're right in that area. But we were uh, 42nd back in 2007.
2: I had no idea about that.
1: And we had more places off limits than any other state in the country because we had a a public gathering law which was passed during the Civil War part, or after the Civil War, part of the Jim Crow laws. Uh, basically keep blacks from having guns, mm. and it uh, said you could not carry a or while at a public gathering, which consists of, but is not limited to, mm. churches, bars, um, political rallies, government buildings, and sporting events. And I never know. So you couldn't carry to any of those yeah. places. Well, we got rid of that in 2010, so mm. uh, we got a list of off-limits places, and now we're working to make those those less. but yeah, churches we were are still off limits, Well, right? churches are, are off limits unless the church gives right. you permission, right. which we would like to see that done away with, because churches are private property. They should be treated the same way as every other private property. right? If I come to your house and I have a firearm and you say, I don't want that firearm in here, then I have to leave. Mm-hmm. If not, you call the police. I get arrested for criminal trespass. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the churches ought to be. Mm-hmm. Any private property in the, in the state of Georgia. There's two pieces of property right now in the state of Georgia that is against the law, for you to carry on one, you can carry with their permission. The other one, you cannot carry with their permission. Well, you can too. Both of them, you can carry if you got the right permission. Uh, and that's private uh, colleges, universities. Okay. Such as Emory, and churches. And mm. uh, if you're, you can go to a college and you can get permission from, uh, uh, from the uh, top dog in writing, tell you what you carry. And you could carry it there, but you're never going to get it. That's mm. You can forget it. hmm so, but there's two places, and we would like to see both of those removed and made private property and, and res, respected as private property. Mm. That's a lot I don't think, law, that, I don't think the government. I don't think the government uh, has any. Should have any involvement in churches, but the churches do when it comes to guns. Mm. So uh, there you are. But yeah, we we had already made several changes by the time you got here, and uh, you thought it was wide open then huh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i d- had no idea you know yeah. prior
2: to coming and living in atlanta i mean i came down for business a number of times i spent a lot of time down here but i never really carried and you know when right. i was down here so right. i was only maybe staying for a week or two for business and yeah. so uh, but no i never i i'd learn something new every day oh yeah, yeah. here we are well yeah.
1: that's, that's why we have you on here maybe there'll be some people listening to us that don't know that too
2: well, you know, there's so many people that are coming to Atlanta every day. It's hard to meet people that are oh, yeah. from, oh yeah, Georgia. Yeah, the natives you know? are disappearing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that just were educated on that.
1: Well, uh, hopefully, that's that's uh, that's what we want to do. We want to educate everybody. I want to talk about a couple of bills, and you can you can put anything you want to say in there. After the shooting up there uh, at the ball practice in DC this year. Uh, everybody, all of a sudden, the Congress <laughs> got interested in passing a bill that would allow them to carry up there. Well, you know, we said, well, how about us? I mean, right. th- we we don't believe in, in the tiers of, of privilege, and that's what they're trying to do and what they have tried to do. Uh, there was already a H.R. 38, which is a national reciprocity bill that says that anybody with any license uh, from a state can carry in any other state, just like your driver's license, which I mm-hmm. feel that's the way it ought to be. Some people don't like that, but I believe that's what it should be. Uh, And it's H.R. 38. We need to start contacting our uh, congressmen and let them know we'd like to see that passed. The other one was introduced, um, I think, in June, and it's H.R. 2909, the D.C. Personal Protection Reciprocity Act. Um, That would allow individuals, uh, that would allow everybody with a valid concealed license uh, or valid permit. I don't like to say concealed license, mm-hmm, although mm-hmm. ours is not a concealed license. Mm-hmm. Ours is a weapons carry license. So um, anyone with a, a valid permit can carry, uh, will be able to carry in Washington State or in uh, D.C. if this bill is passed. So we need to get uh, get to working on that as well. Uh, I think that both of those bills, uh, either one or both of those bills need to be passed and need to be passed this year. Uh, we need to get... Uh, we need to get the president off top center. We need him to sign some bills, and we need to start contacting these people and make sure they start understanding it. That that's what we want. Coming up to another break, need to remind you to go to georgiacary.org, our website. Uh, find anything you want to know about Georgia Carey there. You can join for $20 a year. You can join for multiple years. We have a $500 life membership, uh, and you get a very nice uh, Zach Brown Southern Grind uh, bad mucky knife when you do that. The commercial uh, free podcasts of the show are available at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back.
0: And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry.
1: Welcome back to org Radio Hour. I'm here again with Don Nicholson. We're going to be talking about a few things that are going on. We've talked a little bit about what he does, what he he has been through by uh, living in the suppressed area of New York City.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to carry and conceal, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Uh, And we talked about, uh, just before we left, we talked about a couple of bills. I want to repeat those for you and make note of it and start contacting your U.S. Representatives and tell them that we want this bill passed. These bills passed: uh, HR 2909, which is the D.C. Personal Protection Reciprocity Act, uh, that allow anybody with a license to carry in D.C., and the other one is HR 38, which is a National Reciprocity Act, which will allow you to carry into any state uh, with a valid license. Uh, some things that made the news this this past week. Um, uh, one of the things that happened is uh, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, mm. three guys decided they were going to rob a Taco Bell. And they walked in, st- pointed their gun at the cashier, and three employees pulled their guns and shot six times. Hit him six times, and he laid on the floor and bled out. Wow. The There was another guy with him, but at the sound of the first shot, he took off running. Yeah. So, you know, who needs a, who needs a firearm when you're working? Well, obviously— those three did, a good I, example of it, and I can assure you that that guy will not be doing that anymore. And right. I would imagine that the guy that that was with him probably won't be doing it anymore, whether they catch him or not. I mean, he, if it, I don't know what kind of a, I don't, I don't know what kind of warning you need or what you need to learn from that if you didn't learn out of that one. But uh, that uh, we we thought that was kind of cool. There's a couple of things about that story. Uh, one of them, I read that, that two of the guys that pulled their guns and used them were 19 years old. The other was 24, I believe. And uh, that being the case, uh, somebody could be in trouble unless they are military people because in, in uh, if they're military personnel, that's okay. They're exempt in Ohio, but um, if they weren't and the ages were correct, then they weren't supposed to be carrying either. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that deals out and see what happens. Uh, interesting it's that's, that's a, it's another interesting. story with a good ending
2: <laughs> what are the laws of ohio
1: well i don't know all of them but yeah. I, I can tell you and anybody that's listening if you go to uh, a website www.handgunlaw.us uh-huh. uh, and it when you click on it uh, it will bring up a map of the united states and you click on the states that you want to see what the laws are and it will give you a rundown of what the laws are as well as uh, links back to the actual code if you want to read the le- actual code. Uh, but I know that you have to be 21 in order to have a, a carry permit, and uh, unless and I couldn't find this one out. Now in Georgia, you have to you have to have. Are uh, you are allowed to carry without a license in your vehicle, in your home, or on your property, or at your place of business, provided that the owner of the business allows it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether they have the provision of carrying it work up there or not mm-hmm. but I know that you you're not supposed to carry a, a loaded firearm in a vehicle if you don't have a license up there okay. so their laws are a little bit different but uh, they're uh, they're working on them they're they're getting better um, and like I said nothing like starting off this section of the program <laughs> with a with a good heartwarming uh, story that ends with a it has a very good ending on it uh, Governor Dill, just the last I heard, and and I think he's having a press conference uh, uh, later, Uh, and he uh, so far has declared 24 counties under a state of emergency. Now, that's, uh, that's okay, and the reason that I bring that up is that prior to HB 60, the governor had emergency powers, and when he declared an emergency, you could not carry you cannot buy ammunition. You can buy a firearm. You could only carry a firearm that you could prove was yours if you were stopped. Mm-hmm. And in uh, HB sixty in twenty fourteen, we got that provision removed. So uh, those people in those counties now don't have to worry about it. They can carry. They don't. They can't have it confiscated, et cetera. And the confiscation comes in because the U.S. Virgin Island governor uh, decided that uh, that he would give the commander in chief of the uh, National Guard an order that says, and I will read this uh, verbatim, the adjutant general is authorized to direct and directed to seize arms, ammunition, explosive, incendiary material, and in any other property that may be required by the military forces for the performance of this emergency mi- mission. Now, when he was called out on that, he said, no, I didn't, I didn't, I don't say anything about seizing arms. I, I did not order that, nor is he authorized to do that, which is true. He's not authorized to do that under Virgin Island laws or under uh, the uh, Constitution of the United States. However, that's what he said, and he said that he it really just meant that if they didn't have sufficient weaponry, that they could go to local stores and buy it. Now, give me a break. You really mm-hmm, believe that? Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm, I question anybody that has a, a national guard that doesn't have sufficient arms right. to, to protect themselves in that particular fashion. Right. I mean, Absolutely. during an emergency. Now, right. If they're being invaded, that might be a different story. But they're not going to get the arms they need from a, a, a local gun store. Right. So uh, it sounds like a bunch of hooey to me. That uh, and I, I, the NRA has already uh, either filed suit or threatened to file suit over that. So we'll see how that thing comes out. Uh, Another thing that happened in 2015 was in Florida law, they now have a, uh, or they passed in 2015 a hurricane gun law. That's what they referred it to. Uh, And those people are now exercising that gun law. What it allows you to do is to carry a firearm without a license concealed in Florida during times of emergency. Hmm. You can take your guns with you. You can uh, you can protect. You'll have your protection. You don't have to worry about what they did in Katrina and come in and and uh, you know after Katrina they started confiscating all the firearms because they were going to protect themselves. But and there's a matter of fact, there's a, a YouTube somewhere of some grandmother that uh, was, looked like she was in her seventy five to eighty range or maybe more, and she had a pistol there, and they actually. Physically took it away from her. Mm. And here she is by herself in a in a place during a time that, that nobody get to help her. Right. And that's when you need a firearm most. That's when you need self protection right. most. Absolutely. It's when you're on your own. Yeah. And of course, in my opinion, you're on your own all the time. Unless you just happen to be standing someplace and a, a policeman be there when something happens, then you're you're always on your own. Right. That's why you're you're the first responder. I'm the first responder, and if we respond rapidly enough, then we don't have to worry about the rest of it.
2: I'm with you on that. So
1: uh, this this is a good thing now, Uh, and in fact, um, someone stated that uh, this is a no-brainer, particularly in Florida with our hurricane exposure. When you're ordered to evacuate, to take your kids, your dogs and valuables, and flee, the last thing you should leave behind is your gun. Mm -hmm. So... Which I, I agree with that, even if you're even not under emergency and you're headed outside, you need to do that. Uh, an interesting story also came up in the last few days about uh, millennial gun sales. That's the adults between 18 and 29 years old. Uh, we talked about that earlier, and my question to you was, who is that? What group of people in the 18 and 29-year-old are the driving force behind gun sales?
2: Well you told me the answer cuz we talked about it so I, I I would never have guessed it but it, it's and then our our uh, producer Marshall he was the one who actually guessed it. go go ahead tell tell everybody who it is cuz it was kind of a yeah it was amazing Women, to me. women yeah
1: Well women are 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 now most of the firearms sold in, in any age bracket are uh, well not in any age, age bracket but overall are going to women more mm. women are buying firearms now than men are mm-hmm. and um it it's interesting to me because you know everybody said and there've been studies that have have stated which I, I don't agree with the studies but they stated that a woman with a gun in the house is is more uh, dangerous and what it's more she is in more of a harm's way when she has a firearm in the house than she is if she doesn't have one. I've heard stuff like that yeah. before, and a, I, I don't yeah. believe that one. Yeah, either. I don't believe it either. That's it, somewhat made up, but um,
2: oh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I do believe that. If you're going to have a gun and if you're going to actually pull it out, you better plan on using oh, yes. it. You yes. know. I mean, if you're just if you're going to pull it out and you have no intentions of using it or you're not prepared to use it, probably the best idea is not to pull it out and just to well, keep it, it hidden it, somewhere <laughs> or something.
1: I, I'll inform you a little bit more in the state of Georgia. Yeah. If you pull it out and point it at somebody and don't use it, you can be convicted of a felony. Really? Yes sir. See, Aggrava- I didn't know this. That's aggravated assault. I'm learning so and much if, here. if the person that that you're sh- pointing it at Goes and calls the police, and says that you pointed that firearm at you. You'll be right. arrested, right. and it's a felony, and you can lose your rights just for protecting yourself. We're, that's something we're going to be working on here in the, in the near future. But uh, the the funny thing is, that what what do you think the main reasons might have been for uh, for given by women for wanting to buy those guns?
2: Uh, protection. Right.
1: That's one. There's one other one.
2: Mm, I don't know
1: empowerment empowerment, empowerment. Uh, oh wow okay two reasons that they gave for empowerment <laughs> and protect self protection so um that's uh that's the main reasons that we all should do it and Absolutely. Uh, and it's, yeah. it is definitely a, a feeling of freedom when you have that on it, you know when when people kind of flinch at, at me shooting a firearm I always tell them well, that was just the sound of freedom ah that's interesting I like that <laughs> wow <laughs> so uh, uh at any rate uh, we are, boy, this, this session has gone real quick, this segment, rather. We're going, going right through quick. it, yeah. Uh, I want to remind you one more time, go to org. visit our website. You can sign up. You can renew. You can find out everything we've ever done about uh, any of the gun laws, any lawsuits we have, etc. And you can download the commercial-free podcast at uh, newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right
0: back. And now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director Jerry Henry.
1: Welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour. I'm back again with uh, Don Nicholson, my guest today. We're having a a nice little talk. He seems to say he's learning things. I'm
2: learning a bunch, Jerry. Which is good. (laughs) I'm loving this. Yeah. And, you know, I've been out on your website. I got to say this for everybody who's listening. The whole time that we've been talking, I kind of am looking down back and forth. And in preparation for this interview, I was also, uh, you know, reviewing your website. What a great resource of information. Holy cow. I mean, if you're listening and you're interested in, um, you know, personal protection, firearms, those kind of, I'd, I'd take a, a journey out there and look at this website. And that that website again, Jerry, is?
1: www.georgiacarry.org. It's our name. Perfect. Our name is our website. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of great information. And, and a matter of fact, one of the things about that, when we first started, the AJC was always uh, giving us bad things, you know, bad press and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had just started going online with, with uh, their news. Every time they wrote www. or every time they wrote dot org, it was a link, so people would read it and go to our link. <laughs> and, and every time they they would badmouth us, we would get uh, why th- would they th- badmouth th- Well, they don't they're, because they're a liberal rag. They don't they don't like firearms. They've got a few people down there that like them, but for the most part, they they don't like them whatsoever. Hmm. And uh, so, like most big city newspapers, not any different from right, most of yeah, them. Yeah. And uh, they did one. Uh, they 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 did one story one time, and um, Maureen uh, Dowd made the statement that uh, Georgia Carey was a group of guys that if the average, that if everybody knew what uh, our goal was, would scare the the death out of the average Georgian or something like that, hmm. something along those lines. Scare the average Georgian to death. And uh, I think that got us about seven eight hundred new members that day, and then they learned about it. They they uh, decided we can't do this anymore. So the the next article that came out. They called us GunCarry dot org, and so our website master our webmaster saw it that morning. He went and registered, bought I the, the domain. <laughs> yeah, so you go to GunCarry dot org too. It's all the same. We we got those bases covered. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, the last weekend, if you notice in the AJC, there was a a, a, gang, a big article about Campus Carry, and, and it's been in effect now for three months. And it was like, well, gee, nothing's happened. I mean, the article really didn't say anything other than these guys like it, these guys don't like it. Uh, one of the things that I did like about it, uh, Andy Pelosi, whose uh, group is a, a national group, co- uh, has similar to keep guns off campus or something along those lines. And he admitted in the uh, in the article that they were not going to be able to repeal it mm-hmm. Their only goal is now to try to put up signs or try to try to uh, get it limited in some way mm-hmm. shape or form so uh if he's admitting that he's he's uh, they can't do much about it, I guess we're going to be okay on that, which we knew he couldn't, but we're glad to see that he couldn't um, zero tolerance there was a uh, August the twenty eighth, the Georgia Supreme Court addressed the issue of zero col- tolerance for fighting in schools. Uh, in Georgia, uh, the um, a student uh, brought a case against the against the school um, or against the Board of Education that uh, she claimed she was uh, justified in using self defense right for, to fight to use the self defense and. Um, they said, no, no, You're. I don't know what they did to her, but with a zero tolerance, I know they kicked her out of school, don't know what all the penalties were. She was expelled, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, they said, well, it's zero tolerance, nothing we can do about it. So she, they file suit, and the Supreme Court of Georgia says uh, that blind enforcement of zero tolerance fighting policies are unlawful since they do not consider self-defense as a justification for the conduct. Supreme Court noted that it is not illegal to fight under Georgia state law as long as it is done in self-defense. The same applies even in schools. Yeah. So we've been fighting uh, some time now to try to get zero uh, tolerance out of schools. I call it zero brains. It's not, there's, I mean, there was a story here, it's been probably 10 or 15 years ago, where a young girl brought one of those little bitty pen knives about an inch long to school, and she was expelled. And she could have, well, she couldn't have at that time, but uh, we had guys uh, a couple of years ago that had a, uh, that were caught with a a fishing knife. One was caught with a fishing knife. Another one was caught with an EMT knife in their car. And uh, they could have both wound up being uh, felons over this. So that law was changed to where Mm -hmm. that that gives the school, they can still expel them, but they, they don't have to call in the authorities and have them bring charges on. It's up to the school to do it. Uh, Now, the only time they do have to do that is if if it's a firearm uh, or a dangerous weapon, if it's one of those, then uh, they do call them in uh, and uh, anything else they don't use unless it was uh, um, it was unless it was used to uh, to assault someone with. Mm. So. It, the the laws are, are getting a little bit better in in a lot of places, not only just where we can carry on the street, etc. So um, we were kind of glad to see that one.
2: We had uh, similar. I don't know if it's actually a state law, um, so I'm guarded in what I say here. But uh, in New York, uh, I think the school that my son went to had zero tolerance. My sons went to had zero tolerance for fighting, and actually, one of my sons got caught up in something like that, and. Uh, He was attacked from behind, Mm -hmm. as I recall the story. Of course, you know, the story he told us, he was in 12th grade at the time. So he wasn't, you know, too young, 17-year-old kid, and uh, turned around and, you know, just basically protected himself and then, you know, turned the situation around where the fight was being brought to him. he He brought the fight to the other and uh in protecting himself and he ended up getting expelled right yeah right i mean uh, he was minding his own business walking down the hallway he knew there was a couple of kids there that he didn't get along with you know what i mean and they they jumped him from behind
1: and the sad part about that is those uh, events like that and, and some others uh, also they put that on your transcript and, right. and that can hurt you later on and right. especially like these kids that had the fishing knife and the emt knife the reason the guy had the emt knife was because uh the um the summer before, one of his friends was involved in an accident. The car was turned upside down. He couldn't get his seatbelt out, and the car caught on fire, and it burned him to death. And mm-hmm. he was afraid that something like that would happen to mm-hmm. him. And he always had that knife with him so he could cut the seatbelt like the mm-hmm. EMTs do. I actually have one of those to.
2: tools in my car right. that you can cut a seatbelt right. with. Yeah.
1: And uh, and for having that and, and taking precautions to try to save his life, he could have wound up a felon. Mm. That's a and interesting. And that's that's to me that's just ridiculous it's it's a little bit uh a little bit wrong um we um let me see what else we're going to talk about
2: here i mean i think there's a couple of places that you know you have to look at this you look at the law you have to interpret the law as it is written and then you have uh common sense and and you know you have to you have to put all of this together before these decisions are made you know so i think that it's important when people are are making such decisions in these types of uh areas that uh, i mean you know you have the letter of the law and a lot of times that needs to be followed and then other times you need right. to use some common sense in there uh which can get kind of scary oh yes well, you I know agree. you know what i mean you, you,
1: your common sense and my common sense two it's different things. two different things yeah but at least, if, normally if you're trying to use common sense, you'll, you'll have more than one view on the common sense issue. Right. Especially in a school or something like this. You, know, you have somebody say, wait a minute, let's look at the whole thing and see what's going on. Uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to note. It seems like in the past, uh, past uh, few weeks, uh, Mickey Bloomberg's uh, AstroTurf uh, Moms Demand Action are now uh, a states' right issue group. They have decided that the way to stop uh, national reciprocity is to fight it on the grounds of states' rights, that the states ought to have the rights to do that. They may be right, but it's funny that they only want states' rights on certain issues. The other issues, if the state wants to do it, they don't want the state to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's what you get with paid astroturf mm-hmm. uh, gun prohibitions. That's exactly what they are, in my opinion. Uh, they don't... Uh, they're, they're hypocritical in what they do, and, and they're like any other gun prohibitionist group. They, uh, they deal in emotions. They don't deal in facts. And you can go back and look at the facts that we've said all along that if we're allowed to carry to protect ourselves, crime rate will go down, the murder rate's not going to go up, and everything that we have basically said has come to pass. So there you go. We're coming up to the end of the show again. Uh, it's been a very fast show today. I want to thank Don. I want to thank you for being here. I enjoyed it. Nice to meet you. In the radio and, business,
2: uh, a fast show means a good show. Yeah, <laughs> Was this a good show? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, at
1: any rate, we got to sign off here in a minute. I've got to remind you one more time, go to org, our website. You can find anything you want to know about us. You can contact me. You can follow us at georgiacary.org. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at gutcherback 64 You can download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we will see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only, on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.